Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 970, and we're looking at Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. Let's read the passage. He set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, He wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began his Gospel, his account of the ministry of Jesus, with the Galilean ministry. Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching healing, casting out demons, and he also encountered religious leaders. Then he had a Gentile ministry where he traveled through Gentile areas, and through it we've seen the growth of the disciples' faith. It started with confusion, and we had Peter's confession where he said, you are the Christ. Then we had the transfiguration where they saw that Jesus is the Son of God. Then they returned to Galilee and had a period of time of just dedicated teaching with the disciples specifically about discipleship, how to be a disciple. So we pick it up now in chapter 10 as they start heading toward Jerusalem. Mark chapter 10, verse 1. He set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. So set out from there, from Galilee. And he's heading toward Jerusalem. Now there's a couple ways to take this. It says he went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. You can read that as he went down actually into Judea, then moved over to the eastern part of Judea near Jericho, and then actually crossed the Jordan River into Perea. And he's there for a while and eventually will cross back into Judea, have some encounters there in the area of Jericho. Or you could just read that he's heading to the places consisting of Judea and crossing the Jordan. And so he crosses the Jordan fairly north and then will travel down on the east side of the Jordan River and then cross into Judea down near Jericho. Does it matter a big deal? Probably not. My understanding of it is they crossed fairly north and were traveling on the east side of the Jordan River and staying in Perea and then will actually cross into Judea down in the region of Jericho. Doesn't matter a whole lot, but he is on his way to Jerusalem. Continuing verse 1, Then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. So wherever Jesus goes, there's a crowd. Now, based on what we saw in the Gospel of Matthew, we saw this large crowd traveling to Jerusalem specifically for the Passover feast, and they were traveling down the east side of the Jordan River. And if that's what 
Mark is referring to here, that would fit well, is that there is this big crowd of pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem. Verse 2, some Pharisees came to test him, asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Well, Jesus has had a lot of interactions already with the Pharisees, and it's always been negative. So the Pharisees came to test him. You could also translate the word test as tempt. So there's a negative connotation to this. They're not just asking him for a question because they're curious. They're looking to trip him up. So is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Now, the question of divorce was a popular debate within Judaism. Nobody really questioned that divorce was lawful. The question was, what are the grounds for divorce that is permitted? And there were two rabbinical schools, the school headed by a rabbi Hillel and another one by Rabbi Shammai. Now, Rabbi Hillel said, you can pretty much divorce your wife for about anything, anything that was displeasing, anything that might embarrass you, anything that would upset you. And it was pretty broad. Whereas Rabbi Shammai said, no, really the grounds are just adultery. That's pretty much it. And the question was, how do you interpret Deuteronomy 24 verse 1? The requirement in Deuteronomy didn't give specific grounds. It just said that if you divorce your wife, you're to give her a certificate of divorce. Also, the question of divorce is popular because that's what got John the Baptist executed. Remember, John the Baptist was criticizing Herod Antipas for divorcing his wife to marry Herodias, and she divorcing her husband to marry Herod. So, because of his criticism of Herod, that's what got him imprisoned, and then Herodias arranged for him to be executed. So what's the motive of the Pharisees? They're in the area ruled by Herod Antipas. Are they looking to get him in trouble with Herod? Perhaps. Are they looking to just get him in trouble with somebody? Because whatever he says, somebody's not going to like it. They're just looking to find something for somebody to not like. Who knows? Or they're hoping that he's going to say something so outrageous that nobody's going to agree with him. Verse 3, he replied to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. Referring here to Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. If you actually read Deuteronomy 24, 1, if a man marries a woman, but she becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, he may write her a divorce certificate, hand it to her, and send her away from his house. If after leaving this house, she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the second man hates her, writes a divorce certificate, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house, or he dies, the first husband who sent her away may not marry her again after she's been defiled, because that would be detestable to the Lord. All of that was not really to give reasons for divorce. If you really boil all that down, what it's saying is, if you divorce your wife, you can't remarry her. If it's that serious enough, that you have to divorce her, you can't remarry her. And, and that's pretty much the bottom line on this. So he didn't give reasons for divorce. That's why you have such wide disagreement among these two rabbinical schools. What he did say is, if you do divorce your wife, 
you must give her a bill of divorce. And that was actually something new. Because prior to that, you basically said, go away. You're no longer my wife. Get out of here. And there was no legal protection. This actually provided some legal protection for the woman in that she was now free from the requirements of the marriage. She was free from the marriage contract. So Moses wasn't really giving reasons for divorce. He was providing some regulation about divorce. And so some say, well, Moses is authorizing divorce. Not so much, because he said a lot of things that if this happens, this is what you're supposed to do. If you kill your neighbor's cow, you're supposed to pay your neighbor for his losses. It doesn't authorize you to kill your neighbor's cow. It says, but if you do, then this is what you then have to do. And it's somewhat like that with this whole issue of divorce. If you're going to divorce your wife, then you must do this. You must give her a certificate of divorce. So Jesus says, what Moses say? They say, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. Verse 5, but Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So he says, divorce comes from sinful desires. Continues to verse 7. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. The two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. This is from Genesis 2.24. So Jesus has taken it back to creation. Let's not just talk about Moses and the Mosaic law. Let's take it back to creation and God's design. And he says, a man leaves his father and mother. So the marriage bond supersedes the bond with your parents. And the two, husband and wife, become one flesh. This is a pretty serious bond. It becomes really the, the primary human relationship then. Verse 9, therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. So he's saying here is this Marital bond is something that God has created, and you can't trump God and say, I override God in this. Verse 10, when they were in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So verse 11, commits adultery against her. That was something new. You couldn't be charged with committing adultery against your wife. She could be charged with committing adultery against you, a husband. And a husband could commit adultery against another husband by having an improper relationship with that man's wife. But the offense was against the husband. So this is something new, that a man commits adultery against his wife by divorcing her and marrying another. And then he turns around and says, and if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So this is new way of thinking. In fact, Judaism didn't permit women to divorce. She could petition a court to require her husband to divorce her if certain things he was really coloring outside the lines as far as Judaism was concerned then she could petition a court and the court could require him to divorce her, but she couldn't divorce him. But Roman law allowed a woman to divorce her husband. So 
Perhaps that's why Jesus adds verse 12 here. So what's going on here? They want to tempt Jesus. They want to test Jesus. They want to trip Jesus up. So they ask him this hard question that there's no real satisfactory answer for. Some large group's going to disagree with whatever he says. What's the permissible grounds for divorce? And Jesus basically says, there aren't any. He actually turned it back on them. What did Moses say? Jesus says, that was to regulate a sinful behavior, to provide some degree of protection for women who were being divorced, didn't allow divorce. It provided regulation for an existing sinful practice. Jesus says, the way God designed it, there shouldn't be divorce. Ironic that so often we see this even in Christian circles now, the same debate. What's a biblical divorce? This person is divorced. Well, was it a biblical divorce? And, and, and even that's a, there's no such thing as a biblical divorce, a divorce that says, okay, the Bible says that divorce is okay. There's it, not. It's uh, it, all divorce is a result of sin. But just as in the time of Moses, still a reality. It's a reality in the world in which we live. So the question is, how do we then deal with it? Well, one of the realities of divorce is sometimes divorce is even necessary where there's incredible sin going on, particularly in cases of abuse. Divorce may even actually be necessary. It's still a result of sin. And so we shouldn't be arguing about whether somebody is allowed to get divorced. The question is, how do we actually help people with marriage? The real thrust here is the value of marriage. Can we elevate marriage, help people save their marriages, help people in marriage, and still recognize that divorce is a reality that we have to deal with? It's part of the sinful fallen world in which we live. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.